Okay, listeners, we're on Troy Malcolm and Adrian Bow, episode 161 on the ever most important topic of prospecting, Troy. How are you going today? I'm good, Adrian. I'm good. Episode number 161. And this time of year, I don't know what it is, but there seems to be a lot of anticipation about what spring's going to bring in regards to market conditions. And I feel as if right now having conversations around prospecting is going to set our listeners up for a really fantastic uh, spring selling period, but also the level of activity from our coaching clients around prospecting market appraisals. Uh, and those types of updates in regards to their uh, values of their property have become more and more relevant um, over the past couple of weeks. So, Adrian, I guess, you know, for me, you've, you've been the ultimate prospector over the years. You've always had a process and a system that I found um, has been just so successful for you, but all your coaching clients as well. Today, I'd love to cover off your top five tips around prospecting and understanding what you need to do to be to fall in love with prospecting again for those that haven't um, yeah. been in love with it for quite some time which is kind of uh, also a question that we get I've fallen out of love with prospecting how do I get the love back yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah well look I think the most important uh, concept of prospecting Troy is configuration meaning you know where do I configure my prospecting time and resources. And frankly, I look at three buckets, Troy. I think, you know, if you looked over a one-week period and if you allocated a third of your prospecting resources and activities to database nurturing, which really includes past clients, past appraisals, pipeline sellers, um, the second bucket into campaign prospecting, so ensuring that your vendor management is a form of prospecting, ensuring that buyer work and negotiation is a form of prospecting, um, email inquiries, and obviously looking to convert those into potential leads and property owners. And then the third bucket is that success marketing prospecting, which really should be a lot of colder type of activities, which should be a set and forget checklist around just listed, just sold geographically, door knocking, uh, potential cold calling, letterbox dropping and social media. So I think if you look at those three buckets and if you had to refresh your memory around what is best practice and how to configure prospecting best, I, I think that's a great place to start, Troy, if you're just kicking off or wanting to recalibrate and get back in momentum. Yeah, so if we can, bucket number one, let's do a deep dive. What's the type of dialogue you're using with those people that you're interacting with and prospects? Yeah, it's a good question. So I think we need to move away from are you looking to sell, quote, unquote, and I think what you need to be doing, apart from obviously introducing yourself and acknowledging the previous conversation, which we've often talked about when you're doing these database calls, because there's no use having no nexus or no segue in between uh, the prospecting calls. You really need to have an acknowledgement of what the previous conversation sounded like. Um, and rather than saying you're looking to sell, I think there's a big shift now, which I'm having a lot of success from with my clients, in that given there's a lot of mixed messages and even though you may not be interested in selling, would it be useful to have a current market estimate on your home 
to get a, a really nice understanding of what it could be worth given all the mixed messages, you know. So, and, and if that leads into, oh, okay, yeah, that sounds good, well, then, you know, obviously there's, 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 there's you know, more interesting dialogue around, um, you know, well, should we, should we catch up uh, face-to-face? If, if it's an investment property, can I do an online report? Um, so I think, I think shifting away from, from A, looking to sell, more around, you know, A, looking to find out what the property could be worth. And if you couple that with, with results, which could be a recent sale, and then couple that with a story, and if that recent sale had a story around it, whether it was yours or someone else's, based on what the how the campaign went and where the buyer came from and what the buyer origin was and, and uh, effectively, you know, where that property, property owner might have been moving to then then that can trigger quite an interesting conversation with that client and entice them to to find out a little bit more about what their property might be worth and we all know that if we get to that point and get face to face that that could lead to an off market it could lead to something that uh, could quite surprise them in terms of the value both in terms of a little bit more potentially a little bit less than what they thought and then it could trigger a further further activity from there. Yeah, and the big, big importance here is always been, and I know that you coach this with your clients, Adrian, is the fact of that language is important and the words we mm. use um, and that simple shift from are you interested in selling to there's been a number of things that have happened in the market that's probably affected the value of your property. Would you be interested mm. in what the new opportunity is for you right now if you mm. were to take your property to market? That can have a mm. significant impact. And I always think back to, you know, how do, how do we use that in the field and how do we ensure that um, we're getting better conversations? Because, mm. and, and I think you've said this best in the past as well, um, and I'm going to paraphrase it, but it's almost like don't expect anything from the conversations you're having around key prospects. Know that it's a, it's a longer journey with interacting with them and having great dialogue that when the decision for them is right, they will be attracted to your business. And I think too many times we fall into the trap of being really transactional as opposed to building and developing those relationships of trust and rapport to make them long-term clients. Absolutely. And I think, you know, if you walk into every conversation, every prospecting call with the objective that there's no remuneration or no expectation in return, I think that's when you're going to add the most value. And I think that's where you're going to have that repetitive trusted advisor type relationship over that medium to long term, which I think is really effective, Troy. Let's move to bucket two, Adrian, because I know that this is um, one that you've done very well and there is a system and a formula that should be followed by every single person when they're talking about campaign and prospecting. Um, Can we cover off some of the detail, the the essentials that need to be done well every single time you're interacting with prospects? Absolutely. So, you know, vendor calls and vendor face-to-faces are an outstanding form of prospecting and they, they really need to be seen into that. Uh, category and even though we're we're calling it campaign prospecting, it, it is a it is a form of prospecting because all prospecting activities, regardless of what they are, lead lead to either a, a listing or a sale. So so I think your daily calls, your weekly face to faces, and even your weekly vendor reports are a, are a form of prospecting. And then if you look at your buyer work, I mean that is uh, an absolute uh, critical 
part of, of prospecting falling under that campaign management work uh, because firstly you get an opportunity to qualify buyers and certainly do the right thing by your client who is the seller and, and add value to the buyer by talking about the key features of the property. But then also, you know, having that extra five seconds of courage and identifying are these people a, a local property owner, not necessarily a, a seller immediately, but are they a pro property uh, owner locally? And is there an opportunity to start a relationship, start a conversation, um, start some sort of database management plan, which then effectively goes back into, into bucket number one. And, you know, I often refer to those leads, quote unquote, as vendor paid leads, because let's face it, you know, our vendors effectively are very kindly paying for marketing. And of course, our objective is not just to extract leads, it's certainly to do the right thing by a client and sell the property. But as a, as a secondary byproduct, I think it would be remiss not to try and unearth opportunities within that data and create further relationships there, whether you can sell them something else or whether you can provide an appraisal on their property or whether you can start that nurturing program over a long period of time. So I think they're the key activities within that, Troy. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And so many times, Adrian, when you say, you know, deal with the vendor management, both face-to-face -face written reports and, and phone calls, people go, that's not prospecting. And it's like, well, it actually is. <laughs> it actually yeah. is. Um, yeah. let's, let's shift focus to bucket three, because um, mm. this is one, again, that Adrian, people seem to miss um, all the time. They do the first mm. one, okay. They normally nail the second one, but mm. the third uh, bucket um, seems to be overlooked. And I think it probably comes down to two factors, um, not knowing what to say and how to go about it. But the second part of that is not having enough time because they're so focused on the previous two. Can you, again, give some insights around how bucket three can be a great source of um, knowledge, rapport, income uh, for a long-term agent that's on that on that road to success with momentum. Absolutely. And this is something that, especially if you've got a team, can be very effective and it's a great way to scale and leverage. But even if you're on your own, it's not difficult to do. So it's very much checklist and process orientated, Troy. So you know, there's so many things that you could do as a set and forget every time you list and sell a piece of real estate. You don't have to do all of them. You could choose what suits you. But if we look at all the possible success marketing factors involved, you've got SMS distribution, you've got email distribution, you've got social media, you've got door knocking, you've got cold calling, you've got hotspotting or geo-targeting your database, and you've got requesting a review online. And then you're potentially also looking at vendor testimonial video. Um, and all of this could be done through digital and also print format. And, you know, that's quite a lot of activities that we've just stated there, Troy. But again, even if you did half of them as a set and forget process on every single listing and sale, it would be almost impossible not to create data, not to meet new property owners in the area, not to add value and not to build relationships, Troy. It's just that people do seem to get too occupied in either bucket number two in isolation and then that's when, you know, bucket number one, which is that nurturing of clients, tends to get cannibalised. But certainly the third bucket is something that people drop off quite a lot when they're highly focused on vendor management and putting deals together, which, which is completely understandable because that's urgent and the ramifications of not doing it are 
are immediate, but the ramifications of not focusing on buckets number one and buckets number three are also severe, but they're just not as immediate, Troy. Adrian, it's always said, and again, in our coaching, we've always taught um, prospecting in isolation never works. It's collaboration Mm. and it's leveraging the layers of bucket one, bucket two, and bucket three together that definitely Mm. make momentum. Um, Mm. This is something that's not just a set and forget. For everyone that wants more information on this, um, Adrian and I are available. Um, And Adrian, you're doing a lot of coaching around this at the moment because there seems to be access to a lot of data, but people don't know how to filter that data, work with that data, and then leverage that data that they become the agent of choice. Um, for everything that you need, uh, listeners, make sure you're reaching out to us via our main social channels, Adrian's website as well, in regards to coaching. Um, there's some great opportunities for Adrian right now. Absolutely. Yeah, no, we'd love to connect with uh, with as many people as we can, Troy, as you know, and uh, we love the, the feedback and, um, you know, we certainly enjoy adding value to uh, to the real estate community. And, yeah, prospecting is obviously something that's talked about ad nauseum by literally every sales manager, every principal, every sales coach. Uh, and we know that it's the foundation and lifeblood of the business, but a lot of people get a bit paralysed around, well, where do I start and what's the configuration look like? So I think today we've provided a bit of an insight. I think it, I think it warrants probably another couple of episodes to take a deeper dive into some of those key activities, Troy. And, uh, yeah, we certainly look forward to, you know, rejoining everyone next week. Okay, listeners, that's episode number 161, All Things Prospecting. Adrian, I agree. We're going to focus on this for the next couple of weeks because we're coming to that time of year where it's going to make a huge difference to people's businesses. So thanks again for joining us. Can't wait to see you for episode number 162 coming to you next week. Thanks, listeners. Thanks, Troy.